Welcome to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. At Evolution NHS, we are committed to helping people and NHS organisations realise their potential. Our goal is to develop deep relationships with individuals, building trust to make doing business easier. We collaborate with NHS organisations to help them build high-performing digital teams. We achieved this by creating and sharing insights into the ever-evolving NHS and digital industries best practice. I'm Alex from Evolution Recruitment, and today I am your host. Today on the panel, we have three NHS leaders from the data space. We have Rush Mayer, Julia Lake, and Charlotte Newsom. We are here today, today to discuss all things data and how we can encourage more females to take up leader positions within the NHS in the data field. We're going to start with some introductions and hear, hear from the panelists, and then we're going to dive into today's topics. So with that, Rush, can I go to you first? You can kind of introduce yourself to the group. Hi, uh, my name is Rush. I am Head of Business Intelligence at Pennine Care. Um, I've been working within the NHS for about six and a half years now. Fantastic. Thanks, Rush. Um, Julia, can I come to you next? Hello, everybody. So I'm Julia Lake. I'm the Associate Director for Data for Digital um, at Leeds Teaching Hospitals. I've been in the NHS over 25 years. That just shows how old, but I am not institutionalised, I have to say. <laughs> um, and I've done various jobs and basically worked my way up from the bottom right up to my current role. Thank you so much, Julia. I can't wait to, to go dig into that a bit more. Um, and Charlotte, last but not least, yourself? Hi everybody, I'm Charlotte Newsom, Head of Reporting and Analysis at Greater Manchester Mental Health. I've uh, been in the NHS for four and a half years. Fantastic, good stuff, thank you everyone, I really appreciate the introduction. So um, I want to dive straight into it um, and, and deep into these questions. So um, I think a good place to start is, is the current landscape we're in and Rush, you had a really good question. Um, so Rush asked, what are the biggest challenges that NHS faces currently within data and analytics? And I think, you know, Past code, past two years, there's been an ever-growing need for data analytics in the NHS. Rush, do you want to start us on that and what you meant by that? And then maybe we can pose to the group. Yeah, I think whenever you work in BI, you've always got a lot of vacancies. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest things kind of driving why we've got a lot of gaps and things like that is the staffing and the skill sets and, and that skill gap that we've got. Um, and it's very difficult to to bring in that new staff. So, what is it that we can do to kind of increase um, the data and analytics area? Because um, I think we're losing out quite a lot. Is it because we we have our own NHS jobs website, which is very specific, and I didn't know about it before I joined the NHS? Are we not searching wide enough? And um, so, there's a, there's a, for me the the staffing issues is, is quite a big one. And um, but there are other issues around the data analytics side in terms of data quality and, and completeness of data and the bias of data as well. And um, mm. I don't think many people do think about when they start analysing data. So that was the kind of thing that I kind of thought, what is it that kind of we need to change um, and how do we how do we go about it? Mm. It's a great question. I know, Rush, obviously I, I, I knew you before in your previous role and now you've moved into a more senior position. Um, have you seen that challenge more in the senior position you're in now? I've, I think it's it's been here for a very long time um, and it hasn't changed much. And I think it's very difficult to, um, you can train people up, but if you can't keep them, um, especially within the NHS, it's a very, it's, it's so demoralised when you see someone you've trained up for so long just disappear 
out into the wind. Um, <laughs> so I think it's kind of um, what can we do better and why are people leaving as well? What, why, why can't we keep people within the NHS? Okay, okay, good stuff. Julia and Charlotte, I could both see some nodding heads there. So I'm going to go to Julia first of all. Is there anything you'd like to add in? Obviously, you know, you explained at the start, a wealth of experience. Again, newly appointed into your current position, as, as I know we've spoken um, for the past few years. So what, what, what have you got to add, Julia? I think one of the, one of the biggest um, challenges to the NHS actually is the data burden from the centre. I think um, in some ways that, that whole feeding the beast takes us away from the things that the, t- the team want to do. So if I look at my wiser team, we've got lots of the young ones who are literally doing like right fr- right click refresh to send data off. And it's it's soul destroying for them. And that, and, and that in my group, that's why we can't keep some of them. So mm-hmm. trying really hard to kind of expose them to different things um, to to make sure we do things like rotation so that they get they get a bit of a an insight across the board, so a bit of the technical information team, a bit of the kind of analytics team, and some of the national audit. But I also think the complexity and the sheer volume of data that comes through the NHS is just it's incredible. Um, and that lack of standardisation and and that that really has a problem with the data quality as well. So absolutely get where you're coming from with like holding on to staff. But I do think it's just not always progressive enough and that we're not giving them enough like really interesting stuff to do so if we could get away from feeding the beast and doing all of that routine stuff and get them onto things that actually add value make them feel more valued as as team because they're challenging their own kind of development i think that would really help right and and in terms of just going i know we're trying to get past it but did, did covid help in any way julie or did covid actually make it more difficult because it's a, it's a battle of two beasts isn't it it is. So if I if I think I was in a different role then and um, mm. it was it, there, some of the red tape was taken away, definitely. And actually mm. things that would have taken us like three years to implement took like, you know, six weeks. And mm. the speed in which you could react was amazing because you didn't have to go through that red tape. And um, the burden from the centre to get returns that changed daily nightmare that mm. was really really difficult because they would say we're, we're going to add some more data items in there and we need it by 12 o'clock tomorrow so that was mm. hard and then there was times when we were trying to work out things like is there enough oxygen levels on the wards and how do we get the data to prove that that and working with engineers so it was it was a totally different ball game mm. but it was it was amazing the amount of data and what you could do with it when you had access to things that you'd never had access to before. So it was a very, very interesting landscape, um, but very challenging. I can imagine. I can imagine. So, Charlotte, all about you from your side. So obviously you come from a, a mental health um, organisation. How, how is it for you? I completely agree with everything that everybody's already mentioned. I think that we're not we're not attracting young talent into the BI space as much as we could. When I look at my team um, and thinking about, you know, succession planning and, and you know, the position that we're going to be in five, ten years time, you know, we need young people coming into the workforce and gaining some of these skills, but they're not, they're nowhere to be found. Um, and I think, you know, everyone has recognised this and we're doing all of our, we're all doing our best in order to to try and engage with, you know, you know, graduate programmes and engage with universities, but it's not going as far as you know it should really I don't think that there's as much 
awareness that these types of roles exist mm. when before I, I think I kind of fumbled into a, a data role in a local authority and was like didn't had no idea mm. even coming from doing um a master's in in statistics and and data and 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 looking at all of the publicly available data and still had no idea that these types of jobs even existed mm. uh, it was like a, a whole new world so I would imagine mm. there's you know, potentially a load of people out there that are in a similar position that don't know that these types of things exist. And I suppose, you know, one of the things that, that we need to capitalise on when for public sector roles is the, the job satisfaction and the impact that you can have to for people, because that's not something that you may not get, you know, elsewhere. Um, mm. So there's loads of stuff that we can offer, but, you know, people don't know about it. Um, completely agree with all the things that have been said, um, data burden, um, I think obviously the all of the the submissions that were stepped up during COVID, which was um, you know difficult to uh, be able to manage, and then obviously the con- constant changes in the types of information that people wanted, and also then that also provided another source of data quality because we're collecting staffing information and 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 oxygen information and things like that that we'd never collected previously in a mental health trust at least, um, and it's just changing our focus, and I think um, something. I think previously been talked about around I think there's also too much of a focus on contractual KPIs the organization that I was in during COVID we we stepped down of all of our contractual reporting during the COVID period and the period of having implied contracts and performance wasn't affected Mm. so you know what 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 value is 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 this constant focus on on KPIs having when really should we be focusing on using the data analyzing it understanding the impacts and outcomes for patients rather than how many people have we seen you know what percentage we're seeing within this time scale and and the constant um i suppose pressure that's put on trust to be able to meet some of these kpis when we you know and i suppose the impacts and the burden on, on bi teams to service and provide some of that information when you know maybe our efforts could potentially be focused elsewhere which potentially be more impactful for people that are, that are using the services. It's a great point. I think um, I'm going to move on because I think it's one that is a topic we could speak about for maybe the whole hour. But I'm going to tie back to something you've said there, Shaw, and um, one of your points to raise to the group, which I'll come back to you on now, but I think it ties into nicely what you've just said. So um, Charlotte posed to the group was what gets you up in the morning and what excites you about your role in the NHS? And this can tie back to how we can increase talent into the NHS and incre- increase that sort of um, interest within data. So do you mind telling us what, first of all, as, as a start, what excites you and what gets you out there in the morning? <laughs> I think um, one of the things that why I enjoy the role that I'm in is being able to see the impacts that you're having. I think especially when you're working directly with services, you're, you can see a, a direct impact from, from the interactions that you're having, the, the products that you're creating, and you're able to see a change for people that are actually accessing services. You're impacting, you know, you're, you're small, you know, even it might be, you know, providing a piece of data analysis, it might be building a dashboard, you know, and the impact that that has, you know, on different people, you know, making people's jobs easier, making it easier for people to access services, highlighting areas where there's potentially a requirement for additional funding. I suppose it's, it gives you a, a real sense of um, accomplishment and achievement that I'm, I'm supporting things that are, I suppose, are, are providing good to, to the people that, you know, I the, the area that I live in and that mm. are accessing these services and I think that 
that is a massive, but I can't speak for, I've not got a public, uh, uh, private sector background, background but um, that for me is one of the reasons why I will yeah. remain in, in public sector because it's, yeah. it really drives me. And I think supporting my team as well to, to have that experience as well. And I think just, just generally adding value to an organisation. It's really nice to hear, Charlotte. Rush, what about yourself? I know we, we, you probably all have similar, you know, patient care and, and to have that extra thing. Is, is that what it is for you, Rush? What, what drives you out of that in the morning? I think, um, so I've had that, that private sector and um, NHS and I'm the same as Charlotte. I, I'm not going to leave the NHS now. Um, mm. For me, it's that helping people um, is probably one of the best parts of this job. But something else that I do really like about my job is that I get to do so many different roles that in the private sector you'd have to do um mm. just as a single single mm. bit of the job so if you were a data engineer you'd only be working on your sql development um whereas when i came into the nhs i got to be a dba i started to work with power bi and um, and did all the data architecture and things like that so i got to do multiple roles and get experience of quite a lot of roles and um, mm. that's probably part of because of the skills gap as well but I think that's a really good, interesting thing to keep people motivated and keep stay within the NHS is giving them that um, that ability to kind of move around a little bit and and get an understanding of some of the different areas so they get they get a, a better understanding of data itself. Yeah, great. And I think that's a really interesting point to think about, Rush, actually, when you mentioned there around not having just one hat on, multiple hats. And I think it's true in a private sector, you know, you would go in and do that one position. And it's that variety. And I think if we can express that to other people interested in NHS, there's a variety there. And I think that's a really good pull in into the NHS. Julie, what about yourself? Obviously, you mentioned at the start, you've come from the bottom all the way to the, to the you know, near to the top now, I think is a fair comment. What, what, uh, <laughs> what, 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 what is it for you? Um, the thing that primarily gets me out of bed is my team, um, is I've got an amazing team and it, it's, the chance to do something special so um so you know Alex like a couple of years ago we got we got a big investment to build a new data platform and the team have, have been working with outdated tools and technology for a while and they do they've done a great job with like very little um and there's that investment in the, and they feel valued and actually just and, it, and it's quite challenging don't get me wrong there's a lot to change there's you know, there's a whole program of, of change to go on and it's cultural, it's people process, it's technology, it's the whole thing. And it is very challenging, but it's the, it's the opportunity to deliver something special and mm. to take the team on that journey. Um, and just the fact that if you can inspire them and motivate them and you see what you get back. Um, and again, it's tying it back to the kind of the patient outcomes and, and the stuff that we can do quicker and better to kind of inform people about, you know, there's a there's a you know a significant kind of difference in consultants outcomes and let, let's look at it and that kind of thing that if you can do that quicker and faster and start to kind of dig deeper and explain things it, it's just there is a satisfaction in all of that and again I mean I've been in the health service for a long time um, and working on this project you know quite a lot of the suppliers have said would you come and work for us because you've got you know an understanding of stuff that we could use but I couldn't I just think I'm I've it's taken me this long to get to this to this role is that I'm absolutely making that difference and you know I just want to make sure that we the team get what it is that they want I love that and you can you know from all three you can really feel a passion which is is, is really inspirational to hear and it's 
there's lovely to hear. Um, I'm going to stay with you, Julia, because I want to point on to one of your questions now. Um, so one of the reasons, obviously, for this podcast is we, we are extremely passionate around getting more females into data and into senior positions into data. Um, and that obviously comes from starting at entry level or wherever you may be and, and, and rising through. Um, Julia, you, you mentioned, which is a, an interesting one, I want you to dig on if you can. And you said, what was the turning point in your career? Did you have to fight to get a seat at the table? Now, do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Um, so a part of it was that, I, that I've been working, I've probably been working above my level for quite a long time. And I'd always be asked my opinion for things. And there'd be a lot of people higher up than me, mostly male. And I would be included in those discussions, but never was to the same level as them until we got a new manager who came in um, and looked at things very differently, didn't didn't look at hierarchy, at what mm. level, and asked opinions. Um, and when I was asking about a seat at the table, um, it wasn't that I was barred from it, but I didn't have the confidence. And mm. actually, it took me, you know, I'm a lot older, and it took me a while to actually just say, actually, I deserve that. I want. Mm. I would like a seat at the table, but it it did take me probably about eighteen months because I didn't want to seem greedy. There was things that I knew I could do really, really well, and there's things I thought, mm, but I'm not that hot at that. And is that going to hold me back? And and I think it's something that that women do is that they they expect to be rewarded and noticed for what they do, and they don't ask. And that's mm. that's the lesson that I've learned quite late in life. Mm, okay good stuff charlotte i could see you uh again nodding heads there is there anything to add yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think this is kind of a common experience shared across most fe- females in in this kind of sector and also i think as well across um public organizations as well um just because of some of the culture is mm-hmm. slightly more dated than than other organizations um I think that I can totally agree with with not having the confidence and finding out I think um who I was as as somebody uh, as part of a team or or leading a team and I think it took me a long time um to realize that I you know I don't have to act in a certain way I don't have to emulate you know these senior male leaders I it's okay just being who I am it's okay being you know the type of person that I am and and caring about you know people in my team and and not wanting to go to people and I want to speak to people in a nice kind way and I don't want to you know and I think just I suppose it was a, a kind of a turning point I would say for me in the last you know three or four years of realizing that what makes me or make, makes leaders better is for people being authentically themselves and I think I never felt comfortable doing that and you know some of the teams that I've been part of I you know di- didn't feel nowhere near comfortable or supported to be just who I was and, and feel like that was that was good enough for me to get a seat at the table I felt like I had to you know put on you know you know I don't know a persona I suppose mm. rather than actually you know I'm better off just being who I am because the person that I, you know, the per- I'm trying to emulate the type of leader that I want to have. And the person that I would t- like to have is, you know, has some of the characteristics that I would like to show to people. So, you know, I think just having the confidence to be authentically yourself, but I think that you only get that once you get to a certain position. So I suppose it's what more can we do to support people 
as they're in more junior positions to support them to feel like you can just be yourself and it's okay to say that you're struggling with things you don't have to you know put on a persona to to be a certain way because you feel you may be judged you know I suppose supporting everybody to just feel like they can be authentically themselves would be nice. (laughs) It's a great point thank you Charlotte and Rush I'm going to come to you. I was um, told you're a minority within a minority in IT and uh, and I guess that's true because women are a minority, but then BAME women are even fewer in the digital area. And I think it's there's always going to be a fight for us because we're always going to be that minority until we start bringing in the numbers and that I think, you know, people, you know, there should be more women in IT. And I feel like because there's not enough young girls seeing, you know, people like yourselves, Charlotte and Julia, in those positions, they're kind of going well am I gonna am I gonna succeed in that area and um, and it's really disappointing to see that because you you, you want to be able to help people like that and I think that's probably one of the the aspects of um, going into schools and kind of speaking mm. out and kind of encouraging young girls to you know STEM is a, is a great area for for everyone um, and women should just yeah take their chances and go for it because you know you never know where you're going to end up and um, so yeah, I think I think we've got a fight on our hands, but I think we can we just need to start encouraging and then helping each other as well, I think, as much as possible. Okay, Rush, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with you because this ties really nicely into your next question. So we've all mentioned the challenges we have there, but what can we do? And and you'd start touching it there, Rush. So um Rush said just uh, just a phrase it was STEM is a tough space for women. What can the NHS do to improve slash promote women in this space? So you started touching it there, Rush. Is there any what is there anything that you feel we can do more? I feel like you know there's there's different aspects, different parts that can help. Um, us being one as an agency, you know, it's something we take as a we want to be providing more women into these positions rather than the, you know, the the heavily dominated male individuals. But what can the NHS do to improve that, if anything, right now? I think there's a really good network out there at the moment called the Shorey Network. Um, and they're great. So they are um, a network for BAME women in digital healthcare. Um, and they do a lot of support in terms of networking, providing bursaries to, you know, events and conferences and things like that. And they they introduce you to um, different leaders across the NHS and things like that. So it's it's one of, it's, it's that's a very small network. I think mm. that there could be plenty more opportunities like that elsewhere. Um, to be developed and um, because I think that's really helped me that network I think has really helped me. That's good to hear. Um, Julia from so obviously you're at Leeds is a, a quite sizable organisation Um, there's always a drive to get you know new recruits in but specifically for women what, what do you think we can do? Um, I think we've got to make it attractive for them as well Um, you know when, when you look at the, the number of young women come, coming in and sometimes they don't particularly go for the next promotion because they may, might be thinking about having a family and think I'll leave it till mm. later and they put things on hold because they don't want to commit to something that they think well that would be not fair if I'm taking that and it's a mindset I think we need to kind of change the mindsets and make sure that people understand that they can still go for roles and still put something into it and they can they can find a balance and I think I do think the NHS is good for, for kind of for balance and for for being mm. um flexible in that kind of way but I think they could do a little bit kind of a little bit more and um, I was thinking around the thing about 
university interns as well so we we've had some interns coming through who've had exposure to it and start to look at you know actually I might want to go into a technology role um but I think just making sure that we give people exposure so things like you know I was working in I was in a particular role in in data and a lot lower down at the time and there was an architecture group um, from another team and I just thought and someone said can you just go and just tell me what it's about and I started going every week and what I learned but I just kept my manager saying why why are you going to that and I was like no but I'm learning loads and I was asking questions and then I got you know working with a group at the university and that exposed me to different types of things and we don't always give people those opportunities and let them have you know, these are the things that we must do that you must deliver in your role, but actually choose something that you want to do as well. And giving people that kind of exposure and opportunity will help them to kind of be more interested in the role mm. and the area. Okay, fantastic. Charlotte, anything from your side? Yep. Um completely agree with everything that's that's been that's been mentioned previously. Um I think um one of the things that we can do is is providing that that peer support as well to people that are in those kinds of roles. I think that my I um have a couple of people that are similar age to me in similar types of roles in that are now working different organizations and having that peer support that we're all going through the same thing together. That that we we kind of support each other and you know encourage each other and we share different opportunities with each other. Um, and I get more from that than from you know a range of other different types of support so I think around you know supporting people within our teams to to create those peer support structures across different organizations also linking in with getting that additional exposure but I also think like you know we are starting to do this within the NHS and within you know across public organizations but what about people that don't know you know that these sorts of things exist and I think one of the things that I try to do as much as possible is get things out on Twitter and trying to engage with different types of people on Twitter that are non-data related or potentially non-NHS related so that that potentially somebody could be out there and could potentially see something that I put on and and click on it and think oh actually what does that person do oh that job does exist kind of thing and getting people that would never have seen it anyway engaged in it because there must be down, you know loads of people that would be perfect for these types of roles but you know wouldn't even know where to go like what Rush mentioned earlier around mm. having a specific NHS jobs website and and it not being as visible I think people know that there's an, an NHS graduate program but um are not aware that there are other routes into a BI team um so I think a little bit more of that okay fantastic I'm going to do a bit of a, a plug here as well because my um it's my director Bernie Clark she set up few years ago I think that we spoke about this notion in the past and um, her plus data so it's as a Manchester-based community essentially working to connect and support the northwest UK's women in data um, it starts off with my, my director Bernie and two other colleagues and um, it now has over 1600 members uh, and they meet once once a month so um, I'm just going to put that in there and we'll, we'll drop a link um, in this discussion but I think things like that and things from the agency side what we can do to connect and to network and to give people opportunities um, is, is really important and we take that really, really seriously and, and we hope, hope we can add value in that way as well. Um, cool. Moving on then, Charlotte, I'm going to come to yourself because you had a really, really nice question and it was around inspiration and who has had impact throughout your career. So just to phrase it, Charlotte said, who have you looked 
to during your career as a source of inspiration and who has had the biggest impact on you throughout your career. So do you want to start, Charlotte? Who's, who's been that with yourself? Good to know. <laughs> a couple of people, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I think that um, there's been a couple of um, senior people that I've worked with, senior females, that um, I've seen kind of pave the way and do something completely different and, and be really at the, the forefront of, of developing new, exciting, data-related things and, and kind of seeing somebody, you know, doing things that, that other organisations may not have done. Um, and I think that that provides a great source of, well, you know, somebody who's female can go out and can do this. And I think sometimes I, you know, I, because, you know, like Rush has mentioned, so I think sometimes I carry around being female and young as being a, a, like baggage and I kind of expect that, everybody else knows a bit more than me but then seeing somebody else go out and do that and like well actually maybe we maybe that is a good idea maybe I should be doing a bit more of that and also um as well linking into the the peer support I think that um myself and my friend um started our careers at a similar point in time and we've you know progressed in a a similar way and supported each other and I think seeing her and her dealing with you know the same types of issues and and the way that she responds and then I it really gives me I suppose a source of inspiration to think wow Mm. you can do that I can do that too actually Mm. um so you know both of those things together I think are are the things that the people that I look to 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 try and emulate and think and gives me the confidence to be able to go and do that myself it's great. It's lovely to hear, like, like you say, you've got that peer support, which I, again I think is imperative any any position, um, especially in you know senior positions that like y- yourselves are in. Um, Julie, what about yourself? Who's who's impacted you in your your career? Um, um, same again. There's there's been some great female leaders, um, well, and male leaders actually who mm. have really inspired me to do something. I think there's one of my sources of inspiration is one of is one of my really closest friends who's a paediatrician, and actually. She's a paediatrician, her husband's a surgeon, she's got four children, two dogs, a cat, and I don't know how she manages to operate her life, and it just inspires me. Um, but the fact of, I suppose, seeing the other side of what you do in the health service is being close to someone who practices and do that, and what you can do to support them to do their role is quite inspiring. Um, and the other thing is, is that my team, my team still mm. inspire me to get, and that's one of the reasons I get up. But um, I still want to really kind of impress them. I still want to support them. And um, I am really driven and I just love learning new things. And I love thinking of being able to want to be the problem solver. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what gets me up. And it's also what inspires me. <laughs> Love that. No, I love that, Julia. And having known you for the you know better off three years now, I know that is the case definitely. Uh, I know you always think of them innovative ways, and um, yeah, very passionate, which I, I really admire. And um, Rush, what about yourself? When I first started in IT, I just thought I'm not going anywhere. This is this is me now. This is it. Um, and then I, when I progressed a little bit, um, and then went moved into the NHS, and um, I think for me seeing. Sonia Patel as a C- CIO, a brown woman at the top for me was yes, I can do it. And um, so it's it's trying to see more of those, you know, kind of um more more of it, more women at the top essentially to give you that inspiration to say yes, I can do anything. Um, but it can be a hindrance if you don't see that because then you think, well, 
there's not many people up there how do I get up there so yeah it's uh, for me it was it was definitely um Sonia Patel I think seeing seeing her up there fantastic I think and it, it's it's great you need them sort of inspirations to look up to and, and to see um and yeah I, I admire all of you for that um I think we're going to naturally wrap it up with this last question because I think it's a really good one to end on and I think it's something that we're all passionate around doing and helping um, and it's something all three of you pretty much all said in, in a similar way so I'm going to wrap it into um, what advice can we give to people looking to start a career in BI and um, specifically we can sense that around females but in general as well what what can we do and I think we want to tone it in terms of bringing people into the NHS so what advice would you give someone looking to start an, a career in BI within the NHS? Um, Julia, any, again, do coming it. to you first. Just do it. Just Is that the do expression? it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say go for it because it's an amazing place to be. Um, but I would say learn your business. So start at the bottom, understand the data by the processes and follow it through. So if you can follow a patient journey, in your you know in your organization and map the data to it you will understand how it all fits together and then you can ask some amazing questions of the data and and that will inspire people so that's mine <laughs> love that just do it i think that's going to stick with us uh rush what about yourself i think a lot a lot of people wouldn't know what bi is until you actually start mm. doing it or you know having someone explain it to you a little bit you wouldn't actually know oh actually that job is for me you wouldn't really know that until you start getting into it and I think for me it's I would love to start getting into schools a little bit more and kind of explaining that and showing the dashboards and things like that and showing them what you can do and especially around the data science area and how we can progress um, and really help patient outcomes um, with predictions um, but if, if my piece of advice um, yeah definitely with someone starting to look into BI would be Give, give it a go, anything a go, even if it's just a short period of time you didn't like it, there's another bit of BI that you could try that might suit you a bit better. Yeah. So there's so, so many different portions and little bits that you could give it a go to see which which side of it you did like or you didn't like um, because there's, there's, there's loads of sides to BI. Um, and I think we just need to give a lot of people the opportunity to see what what's available because I don't think that's that's out there yet. It's a great point rush around sort of the different avenues it's not the eyes in a whole it's you know the eye can be split up into numerous different ways which we all know and and and, and i think that is a really good way of looking at it um charlotte gonna come to you yeah what i would say is um reach out to people mm. you know if, if you're interested in a career in in bi or in the nhs uh, message people on on twitter message people on linkedin the most people will respond to you and and get a call in with you most people are happy to help you know if you look at a, um, a job just a lot of nhs job descriptions if you read them you've no idea what the job even is <laughs> you know but speak to people and and most people will you know support you and and yeah. give you a bit more of an idea around what these teams actually do. What would you expect on a day to day? What sort of things would you be coming up against? And think and focusing on having those. What skills have you got that you can bring to the team as well? Um, so yeah, and um, yep. Cool. I think. No, go on, Charlotte. I one last thing to say. <laughs> Take every single opportunity that anybody presents to you yeah. is yeah. just the like um, Rush mentioned before. 
in the NHS and mostly probably because we've not got as, as much staff as what we need you will get involved in everything there are so many opportunities <laughs> to do essentially whatever you want some roles you can come into and completely make your own because there is so much um, variety on offer and if you want to build your skills in a certain area most chances you will have the opportunity and you will be supported to do that so constantly learn constantly take any, any opportunity that's thrown at you and grab it and it will support you to progress thank you i think that's a really good um good point to end on um, but before we end today's podcast i'd like to say a massive thank you to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation and um, i'd be really keen to speak to all of you about um, probably getting involved in our Herpos Data event as well, because I think it would be really inspiring to have, you know, three senior NHS individuals contributing in some way or some fashion. Um, it's been a really fascinating insight into your roles and journeys, and we hope this empowers and encourages and inspires our listeners. And um, our guests, once again today, have been joined by the lovely Rush, Julia and Charlotte. Um, if you're hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you know anyone who would, would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. Thank you again to all of our guests and thank you for listening.